0: look, school choice is not a silver bullet. It's not at all. We have some really, really big systemic problems within our education system. We have got to continue as parents and as educators who love kids, who want to be in the classrooms. We have got to stop forcing great teachers out of the classrooms because the only way they can make more money is to be an administrator. So let's talk about those low-income kids that they their parents can't pick up and move. They can't stroke a check. They're not lucky enough to get into an excellent charter school, whatever it is, or get a scholarship. So let's think about those kids. Those are the same kids that are failing to launch. That's the majority of the kids that are in the 50% of, of Texans that ca- in our public schools that cannot read. we got to be honest about this. So we look at that low income demographic and we saw that in Florida, they realized we got to do something different. And they passed private school choice for low income families back in 2002. It was a battle royale just like we're in, but we had some courageous legislators that said that actually crossed party lines, if you will, and said, you know, this is what's best for kids. They listened to kids and parents and not to opposition and they passed it and it was implemented by 2003 And at that point, Florida's low-income demographic ranked number 33 in the nation on the NAEP scores. That's considered the nation's report card. That's the national academic, um, our assessment of academic educational progress. Okay, so that's our nation's report card, and they ranked number 33. Within 16 years of just introducing private school choice, the entire system got better the low-income demographic in Florida went from number 33 on the NAEP scores to number one, where, still to this day, since 2019, Florida's low-income demographic, when adjusted for demographics, ranks number one in our country. I'm talking they beat Massachusetts, Vermont, wow. all these entities, these New Hampshire places that are considered the beacon of education. So, did, it, so
1: that that cause those public schools... To up their game.
0: Yes. It changed the the way they operated. And let's go back to what we first started talking about when when you talked about what you saw kind of going on when your boys were in school. Yeah. Our system has not just been co-opted by profiteers. It has been co-opted and dominated by individuals like Randy Weingarten, who runs the largest teachers union in the entire country. Um, Those individuals that have Far left. I'm not just talking like I'm left of center left. I'm talking yeah. far left radical views. Yeah. And that is who is not only dictating the policies and a lot of what's going on and engaging in the political activities. Well,
1: that's the other thing that, that that's that why really we see
0: this stuff going on to what you were talking about.
1: It, it really bothers me that, you know, first of all, we're not paying. We're not paying teachers enough right. to do the thing they're, that they've trained to do. Correct. And then you have people like Randy Weingarten, who's supposed to be fighting for teachers. Right. But she's doing nothing for teachers. She's carrying the flag for the progressive movement. Right. And she's introducing things and making teachers believe that she's actually helping them when right. she's really not. Right. And and then introducing things into school curriculum that has nothing to do with preparing them for the future. Correct. Other than trying to change the culture of society. Correct. I mean, which is not the job. Of anyone at the at the school level because they're not licensed professionals to do that's not what they do you know but it,
0: that's what they want to do and let's what, let's be real clear I right? mean
1: I wondered is it I was just gonna let me go to that just that go point ahead. do they do teachers really I don't know that teachers really want to be in the business of doing that other than being told they need to do that I think they want to teach the what they were trained to teach right that I mean, is, am I wrong
0: the, no you're not wrong the majority of teachers just want to teach kids here's yeah. the problem and here's where all of this you know when i told you that it's all of it that we kind of do at, at tppf it's not just k through 12 everything is connected together when we're talking about developing young children into successful happy thriving adults right Okay, so we talk about that at the higher education level we battle there too oh yeah to get DEI and all these other really, really nefarious programs that ha- are dressed up in pretty names um, to keep them out of higher ed. But here's what happened. This is why I say when we I'm looking at the the donkey and the elephant in you know most Americans are on the spectrum somewhere, but they're they're closer right. to the middle, right? Close that's to the middle. Most, I agree. That's most Americans. Yep. It's just normal, right? And that's okay. So, But what happened 30 plus, 40 years ago is the far left radicals took the Marxist playbook and they realized they just had to do two things to fundamentally change the foundation of America. Number one was take over the healthcare system. And number two, take over our K through 12 education system. So, I'm not going to go down. Everybody can take their own opinions on the healthcare system. That's, you know, okay. So, that's a big rabbit hole. So, then, right. So, then they figured out how do we take over K through 12 through the teachers. So, that's why we saw this massive shift within higher education to recruit and retain very far leftist professors, particularly in our colleges of education. So there's been this gradual shift, right, away from focusing on the core academics. I just want my children to know how to read, write, do math, know history and what makes America great, understand the foundations, and and have an alignment in my value set. I'm not asking a teacher to educate my children on my values, but I am asking that they hold home them i do want my uh, you know yes ma'am no ma'am i don't want a right. lot of this indoctrination i don't want any of that indoctrination teach my first grader how to read like we're right that's it okay so and that's what most people want
1: there's, there's nothing old-fashioned no
0: about wanting right. your
1: kids to, to learn things they were just right. reading writing arithmetic. but there's I mean, been it's this important.
0: shift and this focus on Programming and developing the whole child, and and yes, I, that sounds good. But what they have done is they've co-opted that narrative because, of course, I want my whole child to be wonderful and happy and and sure. kind and all of those things. But and they've put pretty bows on it with lots of fun letters and names, and they called it, you know, e- inclusivity and blah blah blah. And that has permeated the education system. And now it's also been weaponized that, to your point, do most teachers want to do it? No. no. And that's why I hear from teachers all the time. That's how I get screenshots sent of, look what was in this material. Look what was in this test. It's a lot of times teachers that are telling on their library saying, look at this book that's in here with pornographic images. Yeah. It No. Teachers... They want to be paid for the, the majority of them want to be paid for the work. Are there rogue teachers that have been indoctrinated and sure. they believe but
1: that's, how it that's everything. not the every, whole. Every profession has that's that. That's right. Yeah.
0: But then they'll tell you, why do they not fight back? Well, same thing at the administrative level, but also all of this has been weaponized. And we've seen all this through culture. If you stand back and go, whoa, uh, uh-uh, that's not okay. How come we're going to parades for this group, but we're not going to the 4th of July parade. Yeah. How come we're celebrating this month or group, but we're not acknowledging what at Columbus day and what settlers did and how everything happened. Now, how come we are trying to erase history, history and rewrite it. It's like they're trying to live in Nineteen eighty four. I don't mean the year. I'm talking about the book. The book, yeah. yes. Yeah. So that's, but that is what's happening, and they weaponize trying to say this is crazy.
1: Well, the, the the natural alliance is teachers and parents. That's right. Because I had I've I've got nothing but good things to say about all the teachers that we've worked with over the years, and when the parents and the teachers are working together the kids are getting the best of the best That's right, right? Yeah. they're getting they're, they're getting everything they need and but i guess the the problem is for teachers is they they um I, I i don't know this answer you may know this but i don't know if they're required to join these unions and in order it, it, there's there's something that definitely holds them back from being able to step out too far because then they don't get some of the things that they probably want in their own career for sure and I understand that that's, you know it's not their fault I get right. that you know right. it's that way in corporate America too but um when you're talking about something that's a that's more sensitive which is educating our children mm-hmm. it makes a whole lot of difference yes it makes a difference if you're just somebody in a cubicle in the corporate office and you just didn't get you know a certain promotion right that's one thing but when you're talking about education educating our children it, it takes on a whole nother level. It's a fire in the belly of parents. And I I wish there was more of the parent and teachers together fighting off the basically the education lobby.
0: Right. But that's what I'm that it's all been weaponized. Let me give you another example. Okay. Uh Brian Woods is the former superintendent of Northside ISD. San Antonio? Yes. Yeah one of the largest ISDs in Texas and he made a lot a lot, lot, lot of money. Lots of money. So this was a year and a half ago when they were trying to pass a bond, a billion, nearly a billion dollar bond. I think it was 990 million. I don't know, some like at this point it's to a lot of people, it's just monopoly just money. Like you just money. hear it and it's so outrageous. You're like, what? Kind of like when you hear, you know, the trillions that we keep spending at the federal level and you're it just you can't conceptualize it. But anyways, so there was a lot of people that were saying, this is nuts. But <clears throat> Mr. Woods, who's now, I think, I don't know who he works for now. I think it might be TASA, Texas Association of School Administrators or something. I don't know. But he's now a lobbyist or something. Maybe not a lobbyist. I shouldn't say. I, I don't actually know. Well, they know. are,
1: but they they say that they can only advocate.
0: You know? Right. That's right. So, But my point is, is that... At that time, they were sending emails to teachers and to principals telling them to push their teachers to use school resources and kids that were 18 years old to go vote for this bond. During school hours, they were using resources to push it out. They went further. We're tracking you. We can see that only three teachers went from this school to go vote. What? it's crazy. And teachers are like, "Oh my gosh." And then, so they're freaking out sure. and we we got wind of this and pushed it out and like, this is crazy. Okay. So then uh we ha- caught a teacher who God bless her, I uh, I don't even think she knew the hornet's nest that she was kicking, but like, if I could find that woman, I would give her the biggest hug. Cause she was so mad because what she went and testified to at a school board meeting was that not only are they being told that if this bond doesn't pass, that they might not get pay raises, but they may have to take pay cuts. But to your point of, Our teachers want to be paid for what they're doing. Yeah. And this is all. They're in the worst
1: position. They are. It's being
0: weaponized and they don't have many options. They're held to the retirement system. They can't get out of that. I mean, it is wild. It is wild. The roadblocks that have been put up for parents and for teachers. Yeah. So I see this all the time. And look, school choice is not a silver bullet. It's not at all. We have some really, really big systemic problems within our education system. It is a part of a buckshot. We have got to continue as parents and as educators who love kids, who want to be in the classrooms. We have got to stop forcing great teachers out of the classrooms because the only way they can make more money is to be an administrator. Right. Or go to to another profession. Right. Or leave altogether. That's right. We have got to stop that, which is what the as Chairman Buckley called him, the alphabet soup crew is hearing that yeah. because it was TASA and TASB and, and I don't know, mid-size <laughs> this there. And they were all there and that they want to, they want to control every aspect. And by controlling the flow of the dollars and controlling the teachers, that's how they control the money and how the education system is going. And then they will always stand there and whine and cry. We don't have enough money. Oh, yeah, it, and that is every I've single seen it for years, time. So I, I know
1: exactly the the routine. That's right. It's the same routine mm-hmm. every time, mm-hmm. and and I always think you know they always are asking for more money. And of course, it makes more difference when you start having kids that are in school or in, in, in go to college. You start wondering. You're, it, it makes more sense to you. You are going. Wait a minute. Every year they need more money. Every year. You know, it gets more costly, and they get less. That something's not right. You know, this is this is not a good business plan. You know, it for it is the state. if you're
0: one of those profiteers. Right, right. Let me. So we've well, got. Well, all of those groups I'm the you some exam- they have. Right.
1: They have. They have armies of of lobbyists. They I, do, I, and they're I, there. I know most of them. I, right, I do too.
0: <laughs> uh, they're there. Let's let's. We talked about Teslas uh, for EANS ISD, but let's talk about. Another really pernicious issue that is involved in our education system. And that is pushing technology at levels that are unprecedented. Mm -hmm. There are kindergartners and first graders in our public education system that are handed iPads. Oh, yeah. By our school district. I'm not talking parent, I'm talking. This is how you're learning and doing your work. Yeah. There are so many studies that show that their little brains, the connections, how everything is forming, how bad that is. But let's go back to the lobbyists. Whoever is the lobbyist and the salesperson for insert whatever technology brand we're buying. Yeah. And they have the lobbying money and they have. The political money. And so it is all intertwined and that's what's going on. Yeah, and, and so it's a big problem. Look, when you've got people like Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and others that are like, I don't let my kids touch that stuff. You have to stop to think. And you know, it's interesting. I've had people push back on me, and they're like, "They have to know technology to succeed in this world." And 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 I'm right. I mean, so there's an age appropriate time to introduce right. certain that, things. I'm just
1: gonna say. I mean, yes, at but some I point. also
0: laugh because we didn't grow up with massive technology. I, it's interesting because my my husband has a, a digital firm, and he grew up incredibly poor and like outhouse literally they had an outhouse that's how poor his family was but they had a huge focus on education and like he spent his time you know raising cattle and working on the farm and whatever and definitely didn't have access to digital anything and then he's built a successful career and obviously that's a personal anecdote but my point is is at what point do we stop and look around and go where is this money going and what are we doing to the little brains of our children right, right. There's a story, um, in Texas, and it's about a young girl who was caught, and this was in, um, I think it was House District One, I believe, um, but a young girl, a kindergartner, was pulled under a table, and engaged in oral sex with other kindergarten boys. It's horrifying.
1: Kindergarten boys.
0: Kindergarten boys. Okay, let's just talk about all the abuse that must have occurred behind closed doors for each of these children for yeah. that to be a normal behavior. Yeah, but what I, were
1: they exposed uh, to right, that they that could that even that think about
0: Right, okay. So, but here, it's even, it's even worse, I guess. It was filmed on an iPad. Kindergartners decided to engage in this behavior. That's terrible. And then they thought, let's put it on an iPad. And
1: then they us post it somewhere.
0: It didn't get posted, oh, it didn't. but it, it was filmed on a government. Why were kindergartners, why were kindergart? So supposedly now I, we have tried to uh, PIR this information to get a little bit more yeah. clarity on what went on. But supposedly in the past, some of the children involved had brought parents, um, phones and things like that and exposed others to pornography I mean, there's a whole lot to unpack there, obviously, and it's horrifying in my heart. I mean, I can remember well, it goes to your point getting a call, getting like, them technology. But like, way we're too getting early. technology, and I'm going, why are we doing this to our children? And who is making all this money on it? And who is advocating at our state capitol? And who is giving those text messages like, you know, so and so writes political checks to so and so, and they really want to sell a million dollars worth of iPads well, you know, to that district? You know, it all Mandy, goes it's, in. It's
1: all there. I mean, it is, it's easy to, it's, you know,
0: it's all there. It's
1: all there. You can find it. You can You can it. track it. Um, I've done that before when I'm trying to work on an issue and I want to know who's on the other side and I can figure out, oh, okay, that's why. Because there's this many people doing this much and they've done this much in the campaign. And I get it. You know, I mean, I've, been, I, I've made my living as, as a lobbyist. And, and, you know, I always try to, you know, conduct myself in a way that was, I did the best I could for my client. Um, but I would have a hard time with an issue where I knew I was actually hurting somebody else, you know, because of something I was doing. And I don't, you know, I, I'm I'm not sure that they think about that. I know they're just, most of them, most of them them don't. I mean, they're, they're, they're a lot of them are making a living too. Some are doing making a very good living. Um, but you know, so I don't know that they think about that. They're just trying to please the client, but I think what you're talking about, which I think is a really important point to take away from all of this is that things like um, education savings accounts uh, or school choice um, is a way to make it accountable. That's right. All we can do is because it is such a huge issue is just find accountability measures that little by little, put it in check. And, and I'll, I'll give you an example of how this worked in an in in industry I worked in, which is the pharmaceutical industry. We, l- we won't have to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. <Right>. But, <laughs> I mean, everybody would say, well, you work <laughs> for the pharmaceutical industry. So yeah, you didn't, you weren't exactly clean. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. But one of the things that they did is for years, the pharmaceutical industry could do whatever they wanted,
0: mm-hmm.
1: whatever they wanted. And they pushed, you know, Medicaid to fund it more because they made more money. And all those things happened. And then people finally realized, wait a minute, all we're doing is giving these companies more money. So they figured out a way little by little. And it happened over a period of really during the time I was working inside of a company before I went uh, on my own and went private. So all through the 90s. That states were, were they were experimenting, and little by little, and they tried price controls. They tried all these things. That that you know, I just fought them. I fought them for years, and they finally figured out how to do it. And I got to say, you know, nobody died. You know, the the companies are still making money, and they figured out a way around it. And there's money being saved, and people are still getting their medications. Now, there's some other companies that are some bad actors that are now they're going to have to get to those people right That's another whole sure. another story but but I mean the whole point is it's the same problem
0: it's the same problem. you have entities that are recipients of right now or last year eighty five billion dollars went to the public education system in Texas. <sighs> Let's break that down by the numbers. According to the Texas Education Agency.
1: Out of the out of the budget, that's that's
0: it's a lot of money that we spend.
1: A third of the budget, maybe. That's Am I right? Close. I doing that right.
0: The but let's let's look at Texas Education Agency of how much we spend. We spent se- excuse me, fifteen thousand seven hundred and eighty dollars per child last year. We just passed the largest appropriation ever in the history of texas with 10.3 billion dollars appropriated for public education we've already sent six billion out the door believe it or not they will cry poverty and say six billion went out the door as soon as that budget bill was signed by the governor so let's let's be spent on. that's right <laughs> So, and then this, this bill that's in coming up on, um, Friday, there's even more money for teacher pay raises, $4,000 teacher pay raises, right? I'm really excited about that. Okay, That's good. Um, it is, it, it is. And there's, and there's other money for other things, school safety, lots of other things that they say they need. And, but we also sat and listened to them say, literally in the committee hearing last, um, last week, the alphabet soup crew, right. That were there. They said no amount of money would ever quote, buy us off to support vouchers is what they call them. And we all that's just a, a pejorative because right. because the union has spent thirty years um, making it making a pejorative. It, right. 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 They they love the vouchers for housing and they love the vouchers for but but God forbid we give parents the opportunity to select their schools, but their education savings accounts is what they are, which are super flexible. They're awesome for parents for a whole list of reasons. And I'm happy to go into why they are so much better than anything else that has ever been tried because it allows for, um, Texas to truly step into the 21st century education system, including the workforce development opportunities, right? That's including, where I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's really, really new and cutting edge and something that we fought really hard for. Um, but but that's it. Is we're fighting against a system that maintains all this control, and it's the same battle that you found in Medicaid, which is oh the six people will die, and, you're, and it's the same thing. They say oh the schools will be defunded. It's like no, we just keep no, they're not.
1: No, it's not
0: introducing happen. introducing choice doesn't hurt anything, and it never has. It never has. Yeah. In fact. America can show you years, hundreds of years worth of information that shows that when you let people do what's best for them and their families, individuals and communities flourish. So that, but that is what we're fighting. We yeah. are fighting, um, a system, a monopoly that wants to maintain control of what is approaching a hundred billion dollars yeah. for really when we talk about the money I mean, that's it's recently, huge, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's huge. Yeah, it's a huge amount of money. They, they don't want to give it up. Um, and they'll do anything they have to. They'll they'll spend a lot of that money just to make sure they can keep you know the majority of that yes, hundred million dollars. They'll do that's, it.
0: That's that's exactly right. Like let's let's talk. You're you actually hit that on. when We talk about the amount of money that's being spent just to fight this. Oh, so yeah. the appropriation for this is five hundred million dollars. So we're talking about we're about to spend about a hundred billion dollars on public education. Public education, mom, yay! <laughs> send that money into my kid's classroom. Period. Full stop. Okay. So, so, but let's, let's look, it's $500 million. We're not creating, first off, there's never been a mass exodus from the public schools, right? There never has been. And that's why we can look at 5.5% is the highest take up rate in the entire country. That's 5.5% of people that was in, that's in New Hampshire. That's it. But we're talking about $500 million, which is a lot of money, right? But but to your point, the amount of money that's being spent from Texans, entities, alphabet suit people that, you know, TASB, TASA, blah, 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 they all go on. There's like four million of them because they just keep replicating themselves. Oh, yeah. to, and they call themselves you So, know, so there can be else. different presidents or yeah. different executive directors or whatever. And you can look at them and you're like, oh, wait, you're the executive director <laughs> of this alphabet suit people. But I digress. But my point is, is that they are spending almost as much money, probably half as much. I would, I would bet at least this year they're spending, or in the past couple years, hundreds of millions of dollars just to stop this. And they'll tell you because oh, yeah. even when you say it's such a, it's less than 1% of the money, they'll say, we don't care because this grows because they do everywhere in the country. And that is their point. And actually, one representative pushed back on him in committee and said, why does it grow? Because parents want it. And that. That is the crux of all of this. Is yep. if you empower parents, they will be able to make choices for what's best for their children. So that's that is the battle royale. That's what.
1: That's, that's the fight. That's, that's the, the fight. fight you've been fighting. And that's I, the and fight. I, and, I'm a, and I, you know, I've seen a lot of this. The information that you put out, which is fantastic. Thank you. And um, that was one of the reasons I wanted to have you because this is this is a this is a really. It's just a whole parent-child issue for me. And I. this is so key to the future and, you know, the success of, of children going yeah. forward. And then it, it, it bleeds into everything. You know, you think about, you know, the, the kind of people children become is so important. And you we couldn't have a better example than right now where you see thousands and thousands of kids, high school, college kids, and all these people... You know, out supporting Hamas, I'm like, what is going on in the world? Something broke. Yeah, and so it's so important in the future that we don't have that again. Mm-hmm. That I mean, they can have their opinion as to as to whatever they want, but the amount of people that have come out and and the anti-Semitic, uh, you know, things that are being thrown around. Are sickening, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what in the what in the hell happened? I've I just I, I, it shocks me, right. and so that I think it all goes together. It
0: does, and and that's exactly right. And that's you know when I'm out talking to parents, I've been blessed to travel with the governor to all across Texas and to talk to parents and what a lot of people don't realize. It's lucky to
1: have you on the team. Thank you. I'm just,
0: I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of this. It truly is just a calling. Um, And something that started immediately, you know, the the first time we ever decided to go do a a parent empowerment night, there was no way to know how many people would show up. You know, we were trying to, we just didn't know. And we didn't, we had never done an event together and it was new. So we do the event. It was in Corpus Christi, and hundreds. At that point, it was four hundred. I mean, at this point, we've had like our last event in San Antonio two weeks ago. There was two thousand people plus there. It was was awesome. I mean, they're because parents love their kids. They don't don't care what party you're from, what color your skin is. And Governor Abbott is going. I I know you love your kids more than I like. You should. He he says it. Mom and dad should be in charge. But my point is, so afterwards, um, he was so gracious with his time, and he stayed there on the stage and invited. All every 400 that wanted to come up, he stayed there the entire time and he talked to them. So I, you know, I'm just the mom and I, so I just walk and talk to people and I would have these stories. And I, I say this a lot. I walk away every single event we've done over 20 now with tears on my shoulders, makeup running down my face. Yeah. And because... I cry with these mothers who share their stories, whether it's their child being bullied, the one that tried to hang himself, the one who was assaulted because he had autism, was in the wrong environment, the one who is just not reading and what's going on, the one who works in one district and was in their school and they want to charge them thousands to actually go to drop her kid off at a public school. I mean, story after story after story. And so I'm always like, tell the governor, tell the governor. And he listens to them and he talks to them. And you hear these stories of Texans saying, "Please help me." And you look at if you understand the history of America and what made our country great. You know, people from all across the world, but Europe came for freedom. Yeah. They came for the foundation of our nation. It's the belief that every single. Man and woman is created equal, and we have the right to pursue the life that we want that fulfills us.
1: Which includes and, raising your children. And that
0: world. is exactly what we are fighting for. It is the freedom of every single parent, regardless of their race, regardless of their income, regardless of their zip code, or any other factor, yeah. to be able to stand up and say, I get to have the freedom to select the best education for my child. And that is what motivates me. And quite frankly, the millions of other Texans and Americans that have said, of course, parents should be in charge of their child's education. That's right. That is the foundation of America. And that is what we are looking to pass here in Texas.
1: It's wonderful. I I hope that, um, we can use this forum that, that can help with that, that so. get that message out. And we'd love to have you come back and talk more. I can do this all day. There's <laughs> right. so much more I want to talk to you about it. and And um, and we will. You know, I, I hope you will definitely return and, and talk to us again because this has been uh, fantastic. I, I can't wait to put this out for, for people to see and, and get their response. So thank you so much for, you. for joining us. And uh, we look forward to having you back again.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks, Mandy. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Statehouse. You can find this podcast anywhere you find your podcast today. If you like our program and you want to see more, please subscribe. Like it, share it with others. If you've got a comment, leave us a comment. Anything that makes us better, we appreciate. And we really appreciate if you like it to give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.